Article 13, Pulling Down Strongholds, Part 3, by B.A. Wiseman. Who doesn't fancy himself a victorious, overcoming Christian? We all should aspire to be one, but do we really understand how wrong thinking and incorrect thought patterns can build a mental stronghold that hold us prisoner in our own mind? When we respond to the calling and election of God and the Holy Spirit, it quickens us to life anew in Jesus Christ. We then must wage spiritual warfare against the world, our own carnal passions, and Satan and his minions. Many believing, blood-washed, spirit-filled, Bible-reading Christians have yet to understand how easy it is for us to be trapped in the prison of our own incorrect or wrong thought patterns. Even we believers fail to understand how we can be neutralized and taken out of the battle for Jesus Christ and his kingdom by patterns of thinking that entrap us and ensnare us eventually leaving us in self-imposed prisons. Surely, reader, you can see the importance of understanding how this can happen so we all can prevent this tragedy. After all, this occurrence is neither quick nor obvious. Rather, it is insidious and slow, evolving over time. How then can you be certain that you, a true soldier of Jesus Christ, are not a victim of this stronghold? that you can neutralize with your Christian walk and prevent you from being all that our sovereign God purposed you to be in his calling and election. This season of history into which you've been born calls you to rise above mediocrity. As a Bible-believing, spirit-filled believer, you and I need to climb above this trap. We all have our weak moments, but we need to claim the blood of Jesus Christ over every thought as our holy, sovereign God would have us. In humility, we must examine ourselves and speak only the truth in a world filled with fear, unbelief, propaganda, lies, and wrongful thinking. The past three years has brought America and the entire Christian West to the brink of spiritual, moral, political, economic, and social chaos and division, with an avalanche of woke, Marxist, critical thinking captivating the national news media and radical left. In the aftermath of man-made pandemics, infectious viruses, and mandated injections of a potentially lethal spike protein gene therapy, Americans have been part of a living nightmare. Churches and schools closing, an economic lockdown, closed businesses, and supply chain failures have marked our lives in nearly unprecedented ways, at least for the generations living now. Thus, the public has been on an emotional roller coaster for three years. Panic, anxiety, depression, and delusional thinking have marked the mental state of literally millions throughout the world. In the aftermath of this chaos, millions of Americans still suffer from patterns of wrong thinking, unaware of these thinking patterns that have gripped their minds. In 2021, some 45,000 Americans allegedly committed suicide, while various stages of depression have crippled vast numbers of people throughout the nation and even the world. What are some of the clues that might indicate wrong thinking and the building of strongholds? Repeated days of depression, a feeling of worthlessness, lack of ambition, and thoughts of being a loser. These are not healthy. If you believe you are unlovable or that God does not care, if your self-worth is very low, these are not healthy signs. If you suffer from outbursts of anger, if you tend to be argumentative, or if you frequently encounter personal conflicts, you may be a prisoner of, or victim of spiritual stronghold. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 and 5 declares, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. 
for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Consider this our platform passage for this study. There is much in this passage to look at and evaluate. Strongholds are erected through the imaginations of our mind, lies that Satan and his evil spirits send, or else thoughts generated from our carnal passions and fleshly lusts. When these vain imaginations, or lies, are elevated, exaggerated, and exalted above the knowledge of God in Scripture, they become a tower in our minds and build a stronghold. If these thoughts and imaginations bring forth fear, anxiety, or frequent seasons of depression, these are clues that these are likely lies and imaginations, not facts. So, what happens next? If you allow it, the stronghold can become a prison that robs you of the freedom to relate to others properly, and to be at peace with those you ordinarily would want to. Spending time dwelling on the negative, living with low self-esteem, lacking ambition, and having little love, joy, and peace, these are clues that someone is locked in a stronghold. Those who lack natural love and kindness, and seldom do good for others, may be locked in a stronghold as well. Although, that is a more extreme case. The prophet Isaiah gives a prophetic view of the coming of the Messiah Jesus Christ, in the role of a servant, declaring that he would Open the blind eyes to bring out the prisoners from the prison, and them that sit in darkness out of the prison house. From Isaiah 42, verse 7. We must be clear here. People who are locked in these strongholds are blind to their own wrong thinking. They don't realize that the lies and imaginations from their own mind, those that come from evil spirits in the realm where Satan and his demons dwell, are coloring their thinking and holding them in a mental prison. They live behind the walls that have made them captive to their own thoughts and wrong thinking. Christian, there is still hope. Jesus Christ came to deliver these captives and set them free from these strongholds. John 8 verse 44 records that Satan is the father of lies. Further, in 1 John chapter 3 verse 8, it declares, The devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Yes, from the dawn of history, Satan showed himself as the father of lies. Genesis 3 verses 1 through 5 provide a specific account of the first stronghold that appeared in Adam's history. The serpent entered the Garden of Eden and tempted the woman with these words from Genesis 3 verses 1 through 5. Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. Up to this point, the woman had never entertained a lie. For her mind was focused on the pure and undefiled word of God. Nothing from any other source had tainted her mind or made her question God's holy word. She knew only perfect freedom, love, joy, and peace. Surely she exhibited long-suffering, gentleness, and kindness toward her husband, as well as perfect obedience and reverence toward God. No vain imagination was generated from the woman's mind, because she knew no evil. Her mind, her sole thinking, was biased toward God and goodness. But then, what happened? 
Satan entered into the Garden of Eden with the intent to destroy perfect peace and effect a change in the entire world. What was necessary for the woman to believe a lie, to accept Satan's influence, and build a pattern of thinking built from his lies into a stronghold? He must have been quite the tempter for her to believe a lie. Yes, the serpent was determined to plant a lie in Eve's mind. Ye shall not surely die. Remember that neither Adam nor Eve heretofore knew evil. The serpent was the first to tempt the woman Eve with a lie. While she weighed that lie against the word of God, the forces of hell, Satan and his minions, were stirred up, screaming for her to yield to temptation. Remember that God had commanded Adam and Eve not to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, for disobedience would bring death to their idyllic world. While Eve reflected on this temptation to reject God's plain command and succumb to the tempter, that poisonous viper from the metaphysical world of darkness sealed his lie with this statement in Genesis 3 verse 5. For God doth know that in the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. It wasn't enough for the serpent to leave his lie with, ye shall not surely die. Rather, he had to exaggerate and build it into a tower from which he could rule and control the woman Eve. Thus, he tempted her with the idea that she will have knowledge equal to or above the knowledge that which God had already given her in Adam. Her pathway to knowledge apart from God would be more elevated and enlightened, higher than the knowledge that came from God. Eve became convinced that she could have knowledge that her creator had denied her. Genesis 3.6 records the most terrifying day in the history of the Damic race. The woman ate of the fruit of the forbidden tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and thus sealed the lie sold by the serpent. That was the beginning of the first stronghold of sin. With his genius, the serpent introduced the woman to critical thinking, a primary doctrine of satanic theology. Critical thinking is the root of the philosophical and historical propaganda and lies that war against God, scripture, and every form of personal freedom known to man. Critical thinking was the path by which the first stronghold was ever built. The serpent's pathway led to a denial of God's authoritative word as the basis for all truth and meaning for existence. The serpent introduced a mythical, distorted reality that denied God and his word and elevated the lives of the serpent. Adam and Eve and all their progeny were then brought under a sentence of death and eternal judgment. Out of the serpent's kingdom of darkness emerged all the horrific and shameful things of suffering in this world. In his lies, half-truths, and propaganda have buried millions of people under the burden of false epistemology, a wrong path to knowledge and learning. Only God and scripture can define truth, reality, and meaning for our existence in this world. The Bible is replete with strongholds that have crippled the lives of Israelites. If you spend some time reviewing scripture, you will find plenty of examples. One obvious case, in point, is the classic with King Saul. Also, remember Absalom, David's third-born son, who became the victim of a stronghold that ended with an infusion of bitterness and revenge against his own father as he sought to seize David's throne? Gideon was delivered from a wrong mindset, filled with a false imagination about his self-worth and future. 
Relief from his stronghold required the visit of an angel, as well as added miracles. The good news is that one of the most precious benefits of the gospel of Jesus Christ is that he came to set the captives free from these strongholds. Isaiah 61, verses 1 and 2, is a beautiful prophetic word on this topic. Delivered approximately 700 years before the Messiah came, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He hath sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all that mourn. Take a moment to review what Jesus Christ was sent to accomplish. Number one, Jesus was to preach good tidings unto the meek. Number two, he was sent to bind up the brokenhearted. Number three, he came to proclaim liberty to the captives. Number four, he came to open the prison for the bound. Number five, he came to proclaim the year of the Lord. Number six, He came to proclaim the day of vengeance. Number seven, he came to comfort all that mourn. Consider this question. Which of these seven did Jesus come to fulfill? Read the Gospel of Luke chapter 4 verses 14 through 21, an account of Jesus' 40 days in the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. Luke 4.13 informs us that when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. Sometime later, Jesus arrived in Nazareth, and Luke 4:14 through 17 provides the account of Jesus coming to Nazareth to attend a service in the local synagogue. While he was there, Jesus was given a book from which he read the words we just finished reading from Isaiah 61. Notice these words found in Luke 4:18 through 19. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Jesus accomplished every essential point in Isaiah 61, except for his participation in the day of vengeance. You see, we will see the wrath of Jesus Christ when he pours his judgment upon the wicked at his second appearing, before the redeemed saints and all the holy angels. Every other task Jesus either completed or is still ongoing. One of the gospel blessings that remain viable to the church of the living God is the deliverance for the captives and the opening of the prison, or stronghold, where they are bound. The high water mark of this deliverance of the captives and the opening of the prison occurred when Jesus Christ was crucified. He went down into Sheol, Hades, or hell, and delivered the souls of the righteous from their place in Hades, the bosom of Abraham. Christ brought back these captives with him, and took them to the third heaven, paradise, as confirmed in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1-10. through 10. The other part of his ministry was to set his people free from their captivity in the prisons and strongholds of wrong thinking, from demonic influence or possession, and from the invisible but very real presence of Satan and his minions. Jesus came to free his people from the self-imposed prisons of wrong thinking that hold them captive to lies and imaginations exalted thoughts from Satan and his minions, and from our own carnal passions, incited by our own sin nature and the glitter of this Babylonian world system. Pulling down the strongholds cannot be won with carnal weapons. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 4-5 through reads, 
for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. The specific steps for tearing down the strongholds of imaginations and lies that hold a person captive are these. Number one, live humbly with a contrite heart. Confess the sin of believing the lies and imaginations that arrive into your mind from your own carnal thinking or lies others tell you. Rebuke and reject the world system, the lies of the serpent and his minions, including evil spirits and demonic influence. You simply must purge your bitterness, which means you must forgive those who have offended you. Number two, humbly ask the living God to regain the surrendered ground that you've surrendered to the serpent and his minions. Restore lost friendships. Renew the bonds of love with your family and church or workplace or wherever other people may have been influenced by you during your stronghold's imprisonment. Number three, Tear down the lies, imaginations, and exaggerations. Replace the stronghold and every false thought or evil imagination with unvarnished truth and the power of God's holy word. His word will set you free. Number four, extend forgiveness to every person that you consider your offender. Who helped build this stronghold? What actions contributed to your exalted thoughts? Forgive those people. Number five. As a Christian soldier, you must wear the full armor of God enumerated in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13 through 18. Wherefore, take unto the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for the saints. By the grace of God, faith in Jesus Christ, you can unleash the power of God's word and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Purpose that you will begin this process today. You must wage spiritual warfare and become a victorious, overcoming Christian. Start today. Pray to God for guidance, read and engraft his holy word, and forgive your brothers and sisters today. Subdue your carnal passions, which are the lusts of this world, and the lies and imaginations of Satan and his minions. May the power of our mighty God be upon you as you seek his guidance in this most urgent task.